Father, uh, we, we thank you that you are our Heavenly Father. You do not merely ask us to call you Father, but that's who you are. That's who you are. You are Father. You are our Heavenly Father. And would you allow that, above all, to sink into every single person's heart here, Father or not, that we would know you as Abba, Father. Um, Allow that to take root this morning. Um, The book of Galatians says that that only takes place through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to make us feel and experience you as Abba, Father, and I pray that you would do that work today, Holy Spirit. And Father, I praise you for the fathers in this room. I praise you, God, that um, they are here to celebrate with us. And I ask that you would allow this morning to bless their hearts and bless their souls. It would encourage them. It would empower them to go and be the father you have called them to be. Lord, we give you this time and ask that it would glorify you and stir up our hearts and affections for you. Pray this and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming and celebrating Father's Day with us today. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Let's just say it together. Say, Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Day. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. Um, So, uh, In many ways, this sermon is aimed directly at our fathers in the room, Um, but I also think it's a sermon that every single one of us needs to hear. Um, It's worth noting that next week we are starting a new sermon series. It's going to be short. It's going to be four weeks. It's going to be packed with doctrine, Um, and the sermon series is on the Trinity. Uh, and so I feel like we're cheating a little bit. To the, cheating, you can't cheat in church. Well, I suppose you could cheat in church, you shouldn't. But uh, uh, this is a good cheating because uh, even though this, this sermon has to do with our series um, on marriage and family, this is a really good sermon that could connect to our series on the Trinity. And so you're kind of getting a head start. Um, and you don't want to miss our sermon series on the Trinity. I, I am so excited about it. Um, and, and just here's one of the underlying thoughts here is I think we have treated the Trinity like this really high theological doctrine that we've tried to put into um, understandable metaphors like the Trinity is like an egg or the Trinity is like a four-leaf, cl- not a four-leaf, cl- a three-leaf cl- some of you guys got that joke. I meant to make that joke there. Uh, uh, the, the Trinity is, is like, or is like, it's like H2O. And, and, and I, I realize that, um, that when we use those um, metaphors, it's helping us to grasp in our minds um, who the Trinity is. But overall, I think those are extremely unhelpful because here's what we're going to find is that the Trinity is is the Trinity so that we can have, we cannot have a personal relationship with God unless he's the Trinity. Whoa, that's a big statement. 
And, and that, that sermon series is going to kind of back that up there, like the implications of that. And, and if you don't understand God as a trinity, you, you can't, God is not Father if He's not triune. Okay, I, that's next week's sermon. I'm, I'm getting so excited about preaching on that clip. Okay, today. Today's sermon is Father like the Heavenly Father. But let me start with this question. Raise your hand if you're a father in this room. You're a dad. Raise, raise them high. Be proud. Awesome. I want you to just, let's have a moment of uh, meditation for a moment. Let's just meditate on this. What kind of father do you want to be? Think about that. If you could name three or four characteristics, three or four character traits of the kind of father you want to be, what would those three or four character traits be? Patient? I don't know. I used to think I was a patient person, and then I became a father. Anybody? Um, Present? Uh, slow to anger. I suppose that goes together with patient. Loving, forgiving, gentle. What? Think about that. I'm just throwing out some answers there. What kind of father do you want to aim to be? The character traits. It's an important question that I think that we need to think about and actually aim at. If you open up your Bibles, and if you look to the first book of the Bible, it's, it's the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis has a number of major themes. But did you know that one of the major themes in the book of Genesis is legacy? Legacy. That, that who you are is largely, largely, largely dependent upon how you were raised the first 18 years of your life. I mean, that is a major theme of the book of Genesis. That the tendencies of one generation, the tendencies of dad, become the traits of son. So I could give you a number of examples. Let me just give you uh, one. So you have Abraham. Abraham is a major character in the book of Genesis. Abraham has two sons, And that's a whole other story in of itself because one of the sons is out of wedlock. Um, But what happens is he ends up openly favoring his youngest son. Treats them completely different. Clearly loves and treasures the younger son more than the older son. The younger son, his name is Isaac. Isaac grows up. Isaac has two sons himself. Can you guess what Isaac chooses to do? He ends up favoring one of his sons. He favors the older son, Esau, because Esau was like this man's man. He, he hunted, he fished, and, and then the younger son, Jacob, literally like worked in the kitchen. And, and so like literally, I'm not making this up here. He, he openly favored the older son because he's more of a man's man. So can you just, okay, first of all, tendencies of one generation become the traits of the next. You saw that. Abraham favors... Isaac has children of his own. He ends up favoring them. So his youngest son is named Jacob. What do you think Jacob thought of dad? 
What do you think Jacob thought of his father who openly favored his older brother? Jacob actually ends up running away from home. I, I just make up, I don't have a Bible verse that I can go, who, see, but I make up that Jacob probably has some daddy issues. That Jacob probably despised that character trait of his dad that he openly favored the older brother. Probably was very disappointed in dad and that character trait dad had. Well, Jacob grows up and has a family of his own, has a big family, has a number of sons. Do you think Jacob ends up loving and treating all of his sons the same? Nope. Third generation, he ends up favoring his younger son dramatically over the older ones. Isn't that amazing? He surely despised this character trait about his dad. And he grows up and he ends up displaying that character trait himself. And so what we see in the book of Genesis is that the tendencies of one generation become the traits of the next. That the character traits of dad, whether positive or negative, the character traits of dad often become the character traits of son and the kind of dad he becomes. And you know what's crazy? Is I, like I'm, I'm quoting the Bible here, and you might be going, well, that's just a story in the Bible. I could, I could quote you all kinds of research that has been done in recent years that just tells you and I this over and over and over again, that dads, you, you, know, you know the way that you father? You father like your daddy fathered. You, father, the character traits that you have as a father most likely came from your father. And I was talking with one of my coworkers about this, Brooke, and she, she got a good kick out of it. She started laughing because she's like, just yesterday, my husband, Tyler, was saying, like, I can't believe Eli does that. And then Brooke looked, and then she said, I looked over at Tyler and said, Tyler, do you realize you do that exact same thing? Dad, does that ever happen to you where you notice a trait in son? And you don't notice you have that, but, but lo and behold, your sweet wife does. So the point I'm trying to make is this. I started out with this question, what kind of father do you want to be? Don't lose hold of that question. Because as you think about that, you need to know and understand that whoever or whatever kind of father you want to be, as you continue in your fathering, and some of you, you're just beginning. Some of you, you've been doing this for 20, 30 years. Some of you are two or three years away from entering this. I just want you to understand that whatever character traits you are hoping, you are dreaming, you are desiring to be as a father, you need to understand that you have a strong, strong bent into fathering the same exact way as your father fathered you. And it's interesting. We all grew up hanging out with friends and seeing the way that their daddies were fathers. But we typically don't emulate them. Why? Because they, they're not your dad. 
And so for some of, this, some of us, this is really good news because you, you had an incredible father. You had a great father. And you're like, wow, I'm bent to do a lot of good character traits because my daddy, praise the Lord, was a great dad. Some of you did not have a great dad. Your dad was, he was impatient. Your dad was absent. Maybe you didn't even grow up with a dad. And so you, you understand, you realize, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm bent towards being that way. And listen, those of you who have great dads, I praise the Lord. I sent my dad a text this morning just saying, Dad, I praise God that, that I have got to have you as a father. I've had a, my father has been a great father, but him and I will talk about being a father now and then. And it's like he, he is just so apologetic. <laughs> He's like... I just, oh gosh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. And, and he, he sees as great of a father as he was, there was still some character traits he wished he would have grown in. And, and I think that's true for all of us. No matter how great a daddy you had, you didn't have a perfect dad. But this is where this sermon, I think, is. I'm just so excited about it. Your earthly father is not perfect, but did you know... If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have a heavenly Father who is perfect. You have a heavenly Father who is perfect. And listen, you and I all have this bent, this bent to father the way our earthly father fathered us. But did you realize that you have, if you are a Christian, if you're not a Christian, you don't have this. But if you are a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to bend you into fathering the way that the Heavenly Father fathers you. And so that's what this sermon is about. What would, how incredible would it be if you and I, dads, if we fathered like the Heavenly Father? Now, I had a really big problem this week because I could probably preach 20 different character traits of the Heavenly Father. And Hillary told me this morning, we were, we were doing setup this morning, and it was like literally the first thing she said. I had a dream, I mean, I had a nightmare last night, Zach, where you preached for 80 minutes. And I said, thank you for clarifying that was a nightmare, Hillary. Um, <laughs> We laughed together. Uh, she's, we, we, we have a good time joking together. Um, and she's right. I'm sure many of you would be like, okay, you know, we've got, you've got things to eat, dads, okay? And things to fish for and all of that. So my, I could name 20 different character traits of the Heavenly Father. Um, I narrowed it down to four. And I, and I think I narrowed it down to these four uh, because they're the kind of character traits I want to have as a father. I just look at the Heavenly Father and go, man, man, I want, I want those. So are you ready, fathers? How, how do we, how do we father? What does it look like to father like the Heavenly Father? Look at Galatians 4, um, 4, 4 through 7 with me. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, that is Jesus, Born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. So let me just 
hold on for a second and talk for about this. The book of Galatians here, so this is the book of Galatians. Um, it's a letter written to the church in Galatia. Galatia was a big area. There's actually a number of churches in Galatia. And the Apostle Paul is writing this letter. And do you know why he's writing this letter to the church in Galatia? They had some false teachers come into these churches in Galatia and say, hey, you know, like the Apostle Paul came in here and told you the good news of the gospel, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And if you trust in Jesus as your Savior, you are forgiven and that you will have eternal, you will have eternal life in heaven. And they said, that's true, but... What the Apostle Paul, well, is he Apostle? Is he not an Apostle? We'll leave that for later. Like, they're questioning him. They said, what Paul missed was that you actually have to obey the law if you really want to be saved. If you really want to make sure that you have eternal life, you need to make sure you do a bunch of good works. You need to obey the law. And so the Apostle Paul is writing to them going, oh, no, that is not the gospel. That is not the gospel at all. That is a lie. You are not saved by your good works. You are saved by the work of Jesus Christ alone. And then what he does is he says, you need to understand that not only are you saved by Jesus' death and resurrection, but you have received adoption. You have literally been adopted into the family of God. And and listen to what happens next, what Paul says next. He says, and because you are sons, God sent, God has sent the spirit that is the Holy Spirit, the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So here's. Here's the first and foundational thing you and I need to understand if we want to father like the heavenly father. We need to understand that God is not simply the father, but he is your Abba father. Now, this is for all of us. So so this is moms, dads. Male, female, this is for all of you. This is, like, this is, you've got to get this. It's saying, you need to understand that the Father is not merely the Father. He is, he's, he's yours. And He is your Abba Father. What in the world does that mean? What does it mean for you to know the Father as Abba, Father? Just say that word out loud with me. Say Abba. Abba. What does this mean? This this word Abba, it's an Aramaic word, and, and it's a direct translation this, this is an Aramaic word that literally means, it means father, but a better, a better way to put it is it means, it means daddy. And then this, this Greek word father, it's in Hebrew, or excuse me, in Greek, it, Greek it's 
pater, which is, is more of a, a, a colder word for father. Like, probably not many of you call your dad father. What do you call your dad? Dad? Daddy? I call him daddy-o. <laughs> um, daddy. Uh, Charles Spurgeon says Abba, it, it's a child's word. And, and here's what he means. Do you know of any child whose first words were father? It's, it's just, it's a difficult word to pronounce for young children, even, even two or three year olds, because you have that sound. But how many, we have, we have a nine month old in our home. She knows the word dada. Dada. It's a child's word. Daddy is a child's word. Abba. It's a child's word. It's a term of affection. When Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's literally sweating blood because he knows he's about ready to go on the cross And it says that he is in agony. What does he call the father? What does he call the father? Abba. Daddy. Do you know the father as daddy? Or do you just know the father, the heavenly father as father? There is a massive difference between the two. Let let me paint a picture for you. Um, You're walking down the street, and you see a father and a son walking side by side. You you assume it's a father and a son, because the father looks like maybe they're in their mid-30s, and and there's this, you know, maybe he's six or seven, maybe he's nine years old. They're walking side by side. You just assume they're father and son, because they're walking next to each other, and because of the age difference. And they're walking side by side, and all of a sudden... The, the boy grabs his father's hand. Grabs it. And they start walking hand in hand. And then the son, I don't know if any sons do this, they, they you know, start bonking into their dad, hitting their, like, calm down, kid. Just, you know, hitting their dad. And, and all of a sudden, the dad stops, and he picks up his child, and he grabs him and squeezes him as tight as possible. He kind of does one of these wiggly things and then decides to chuck him up in the air as high as he can get him and, and then gra- catches the child in his arms and, and then squeezes him again and you know, does a little whisker burn of sorts. And, and, and all the while, the child is laughing hysterically. And what is the child saying over and over again? Dad, 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 dad. And they're like, stop it, stop it. But that, that's their way of saying, please do it more. Please do it. Anybody, please do it. Dad, don't tickle me. Okay. No, 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 tickle me, tickle me. And, and all the while, the son is laughing. Dad, 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 dad. And the father is laughing too. And the father puts him back down. And they, and they engage in holding hands again. And they start walking. And, and they just start talking. Now, was the son any less of a son? When he was merely walking side by side with dad. Is it any less of a son? No. 
But what was going on? The son was experiencing, literally experiencing emotionally, experiencing in the depth of his being. The son was experiencing his father, his daddy. Now, let let me ask you this. When you think of the Heavenly Father, what's your relationship like with the Heavenly Father? Are you more like the Son that just kind of walks side by side, maybe a little bit behind? Or do you know your Father as Abba, Daddy? Where you grab His hand, you bump against Him, you, you let the Heavenly Father embrace you and throw to to know the father as your heavenly father do you have that do you know the father is your abba father and, and here's a reason there's so many reasons why this is so important but one of the reasons why is this you will never we're about ready to name some more specific character traits but you will never ever be able to father like your heavenly father unless you know him as your Abba father. So go there. Go there. Live there. Take hold of your identity as a son and a daughter who looks to the father and says, you're my daddy. Isn't that kind of, like, it feels weird saying it. But it's true. It's true. First thing we must understand, if we want a father like the Heavenly Father, we must know the Father as Abba. And hopefully your kids know you, not just as Father, but your kids know you as Daddy. Now, here's the next character trait. Now, this character trait, I think, was just flat-out foundational. Here's the next one. The next one, we find it in Matthew 7. The next character trait is this, that the Father desires you to ask Him for good gifts and delights to give good gifts. This is the Heavenly Father. This is the character trait of the Heavenly Father that we ought to be as earthly fathers. We have a Father that desires you to ask Him for good gifts. And we have a Father who delights to give you good gifts. So so let's read this. Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, this is Jesus speaking, I love Jesus. Jesus is like, if you, if you're going to do that for your kids, and oh, by the way, you know, you're kind of evil. Um, You who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your, remember, your, your, it's got to be yours, 
He's not the Father. He's your Father. How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? Now, now I, don't, I don't know if this is you or not, or you resonate with this, but as I was thinking about this character trait this week, I was reminded and frankly flat out convicted of how often I say no to my children. Dads, I don't know if you do this. And, and I was convicted in two areas. One is I will say no to my children um, merely because it will flat out inconvenience me. Now, I'm confessing some sin here, so don't give me dirty looks. If anything, be like, amen, amen, amen. But don't give me dirty looks. But this happens to me where my child will ask me to do something. My child will ask me to play with them. My child will ask them to tie their shoe, and they know full well how to tie their shoe. They will ask me for this or this or that, and I will say no because it requires me to disconnect for five or ten minutes and go do something for them. It's an inconvenience. Dads, do you ever, ever do... Thank you, Justin, in the back. God bless you back there. I just... Where you say no because it's an inconvenience. Or how about this one? I'll say no when my kids will ask for things, like they'll ask for a treat or they'll ask if they can... Can you take me here or can we go do this? And I will say no, and my line of reasoning goes like this. What they're asking me is something I can't say yes to all the time. So I should just say no every time. Yeah, okay, I'm getting some nods. Fathers, thank you for waking up and saying yes to this. And so I literally, I literally will say no to my child because I think to myself, well, I can't say yes to them every time, so I must say no to them every time. And so you know what they do? You know what they do, Dad. Mom! And they've got a good mom. Who will say no about half the time and say yes the other half the time? And then, of course, i got to be the father. It's like, I already said no. And you're like, okay. Instead of getting convicted by the Holy Spirit. But listen. That's not the Heavenly Father. Did you know the Heavenly Father is never inconvenienced by you? Never, ever, ever. The Father, the Heavenly Father cannot be inconvenienced by you. The Heavenly Father is never like, well, gosh, Zach, <laughs> kind of a big request, but those other people, they're like in the hospital dying, and you want me to do this for you? I've got bigger frish to five, bigger healings to do here. The Heavenly Father is never like that. Isn't that awesome? Maybe we should be a little bit more like that. And so my kids had a great week this week where I said yes, way more, because the Holy Spirit was just convicting me like crazy. But this is incredible. We have a Heavenly Father that is never inconvenienced by us. And He, he loves, notice, He loves to say yes to us, but don't miss the beginning of this passage. He loves when you, I'm just going to call it, bother him. Has your child ever done this? Maybe it's from the back seat or maybe it's um, their, your door is shut and they ask you for something. Dad, can I have or can you do this? And, and you, you either choose not to hear them or you don't hear them. And what do your children naturally do? They start seeking. Dad, dad, dad. Dad, can you? Dad, do you hear me? Dad, dad, dad. And, and your patience, of course, is not growing in that moment. It's decreasing quickly. 
And, and if they have a door there, they will use it as a kind of instrumental um, tambourine of sorts. Well, it's dad, 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 dad. And, and what is happening to your patience? Is it growing? Or is it like, oh, dear Lord, this child of mine, what? You know, the, your voice like, what? What? The Father, did you, did you see this? Jesus says, you know what? The Father loves when you do that. The Heavenly Father, if you ask for something and you're not sure you heard anything, you know what you should do? You should, you should seek. You just keep going. You should just seek. And if you're like, you feel like you can't find the Father, just start knocking on something. Start knocking on doors. Start just get loud. That's the kind of heavenly father we have. And so, dads, first of all, know that your heavenly father is like that. So go and bother your heavenly father. You need help, don't you? You need patience, don't you? Go bother your heavenly father for it. He likes to give it to you. But may we, dads, may we be the most generous fathers there is in the world. One of the things, this is a whole sermon on this itself. You need to understand, fathers, that the way your children will grow up understanding the heavenly father has everything to do with their earthly father. Do you know that? You are a living and breathing example and illustration to your children of what and who the heavenly father is. And may they grow up going, my dad He just likes to bless me. He likes to give me all kinds of stuff. He says yes more than mom does. Dad, let's be that. Now listen, okay. There's a whole sermon on disciplining your children here. And dads, I think you need to be the leading role in that. And that's a whole other sermon for itself. So I'm not saying, let's just do ice cream every single day at 9 p.m. before bedtime. I'm not saying that. But let's be dads that are generous. And then here's this third one here. We have a father that will never leave us or forsake us. Hebrews 13 says, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The context of the book of Hebrews, specifically the last part of it, is that there are these Christians that are fighting um, tribulations and temptations. And some of them are falling prey to these temptations. And the writer of Hebrews says, did you know that you have an Abba Daddy who will never leave you or forsake you? Dads, how many of you get to the end of the day and go, oh dear, did I blow it with my child today? Anybody? Anybody go like, oh, I was probably a little too harsh on the discipline there. Anybody? Have you ever been, you've ever raised your voice? And you're like, there was no need for that. And you, you, you have just failed as a father. We need to understand that our Heavenly Father knows that we are going to fail as earthly fathers. And he will still never leave you or forsake you. He will be with you through the thick and through the thin. And here's what, here's what we need to understand as fathers. We need to understand that the Heavenly Father does not ask us to be perfect. 
but there's a lot of power in being present. You may not be able to be a perfect father to your child, but you know what you can be? You can be a very present father to them. And now, this last piece. Matthew three sixteen through 17. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately He went up from the water, and behold... Now, okay... You might want to close your eyes for this one. I want you to imagine this scene. I want you to, don't just see it in your mind. I want you to hear, hear the sounds. Hear the sound of the waters. Hear the sounds of the clouds. Hear the sounds of what is occurring in this passage. And Jesus went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, not a dove, like a dove coming down to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my Beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Three observations of this verse. The first observation is this. Jesus has has not yet entered into his public ministry where he's going to perform miracles and where he is going to preach and teach on the kingdom of God. So before he does anything of that nature, the heavenly father says, this is my beloved son. And before he's done any of that incredible work for the glory of the father, I am well pleased. This word, well pleased here, it's delight. Observation number two that's so important and I think life-changing. And we already heard it from the beginning. That if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, what is true of the Son is true of you. That is to say that just as the Father calls Jesus Christ His Son, so the Father calls you and I sons and daughters. And what the Father speaks as truth to and over the Son, He speaks true over you. In other words, we can apply this passage straight to you and I. Did you know that the Heavenly Father calls you beloved? Did you know He loves you? He loves you just like He loves the Son. This is why the Trinity is so important. Because if we don't have the Trinity, we don't have the Father and the Son. We don't have the love of the Father that the Father has for the love of the Son. And did you know that the Father loves you the same way and He delights in you? Did you know He delights in you? That song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us, there's this line at the beginning where it talks about Jesus' death and that in His death, in Jesus Christ's death, 
He has made us who are wretched, and he has made us his treasure. Did you know that the Heavenly Father treasures you? Take hold of that. You are a treasure to the Heavenly Father. Now, here's the third observation that I I just love. It says, a voice from heaven said. There was literally an audible voice from the Father speaking over the Son. You are my beloved Son. We have a Father that speaks over us and says, You are my beloved Son. I delight in you. But let me ask you this, dads. What do you audibly speak over your children? How often do your children hear you call them your beloved? Now, maybe that language is too theologically strong and won't make sense. But maybe, how often do you look at your children and say, I'm so proud of you? Maybe this is just me and I'm weird, but I'm a grown man with a number of children. And I'll talk to my dad on the phone and he will tell me he's proud of me. And I light up like a six-year-old. <gasps> Am I the only one that's like that? And if a grown man lights up when his father says, I am proud of you, how much do you think your six-year-old, your 13-year-old, your 18-year-old, your 23-year-old, your two-year-old lights up when they hear dad say, I am so proud of you? I fail at this, but I try every night to look at each of my children, look them in the eye, and say, I, I want you to know, I am proud of you, son. I, call, I try and call all my sons, son. Namely, because we have adoption in our family, and I want my, they're all my children. But I want my sons to know they are my son. It feels weird to call my daughter, hey daughter, So she gets another term of endearment. Fathers. To father like the Heavenly Father means that we speak love and affection over our children. Their ears are filled with encouragement from dad. They hear their dad often tell them how much much you love them, you care for them, what you're proud about them. Because the Heavenly Father does that for you and I. Imagine, dads, for a moment. How incredible would it be to see your children grow up in this? Where your children grow up knowing the Heavenly Father as their Abba Father. Dads, we've got to teach them that. We gotta help our kids know that they have a father that's better than you. They have an Abba Father. Imagine the identity and the confidence our children would have if they knew the Heavenly Father as their Abba Father. Imagine the kind of prayer warriors our children would be 
if they knew their Abba Father as a good father that just says yes to everything that's for their good. Imagine the way they're going to look at you when you say yes, even if it means inconveniencing yourself for 5 or 10 or 15 minutes. Imagine the kind of children we would raise by seeing a dad who fails, who crosses the line, but a dad who will not step away, but will draw near to their child and maybe say sorry and maybe remind their children, did you know dad also needs Jesus too? And so I want to ask you, son, daughter, sweetheart, I want to ask you for forgiveness, but can we ask together that Jesus would forgive me? Because I messed up. I'm making this up on the spot, guys. I need to do this. Like, man, I'm preaching to myself. I'm going to do that this week because I promise I will fail my children this week. But imagine what kind of children we'd have if we fathered like that. Imagine the, the identity our children would have. Did you know that every middle schooler, all they're looking for is belonging, 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 belonging. Every high schooler, belonging, belonging, belonging. Imagine if your middle school child grew up going, I know who I belong to. My dad tells me every single day how much he loves me. My dad tells me every single day how much he cares for me. My dad tells me all the time he's proud of me. My dad reminds me that I'm a child of the Heavenly Father. Imagine the kind of children you and I could raise if we fathered like the Heavenly Father. But here's where it starts. It has to start this way. Knowing and taking hold of the Father as your Abba Father. Do you have that? Do you have that? Let's pray. Father, Abba Father, thank you that you invite us to call you Abba, that you invite us to call you Daddy, because that's who you are. Lord, would you impress this message upon us? In your name, amen.